My name is Mary Catherine Hanafi LaPlante. I am 19 years old and I founded Speak Up Green Up when I was in high school. Young people are the real change makers, the ones that will be able to create a change in our community. Not only are young people important for change making, they are vital. Welcome to The Genius Generation, a podcast where we talk to young people doing incredible things in the world of STEM. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Castillo. I'm a science producer, writer, and content creator with a PhD in science communication. I'm with our Genius Generation guest, Mary Catherine, also known as MC, who founded an environmental nonprofit organization and rallied her community to advocate for alternatives to pesticides and herbicides. So can you give us a quick rundown as to pesticides and herbicides? What are they? Pesticides and herbicides are essentially chemicals that are used in parks across the country and across the world to eliminate weeds and other uh, pesty plants from those parks. But they actually were first developed uh, in the world wars for use in chemical warfare. Pesticides and herbicides are obviously not good for humans. Um, they can cause cancers such as non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it seems a bit counterintuitive that a place that we have designated as a safe place for kids to learn and play and grow is inundated with these extremely harmful, toxic chemicals. Yeah, that's intense. What is your nonprofit aim to like specifically solve with, with this pesticide problem? We partner with a lot of groups in our community to uh, bring awareness to this. So partnering with a lot of advocacy and political groups to host informational events, pass out flyers. We actually passed out native seeds um, during the 4th of July parade to uh, get people to plant native grasses in their yard and stop using pesticides in their yard. Furthermore, we actually developed a sample plot with our local park district to test the efficacy of a natural pesticide alternative um, and to see if that would do an adequate enough job where they're able to say, okay, this is a balance and we're willing to go with this natural pesticide alternative, even if we're not going to get every single last weed out of the grass, which we don't really need. Um, so that is currently ongoing in my community. And then kind of a third arm of our organization is, um, you know, law-based, so trying to get laws passed in Illinois specifically that would uh, either eliminate or greatly reduce the use of pesticides in specifically elementary schools um, and elementary school parks, just because those kids are so young and do not need to be exposed to this. And what moment were you first encountering this problem? Like, were you in a park yourself? Yeah. So as a kid, I played a lot of sports, but um, I didn't really realize that there was this pesticide problem until I was playing softball. I just remember a very common theme occurring where I would be playing and then on the field next to us, there would be groundspeople like spraying pesticides everywhere and you could smell it and it was wafting over into our section. And I didn't really know that much about pesticides, but I just knew in my gut that something was not right about the situation. 
I can only imagine just kind of like you're exercising, you're like exhaling, like, you know, working so hard as you're like doing your sports and all of a sudden you're just like smelling these things. Like, how did it smell like? I was playing center field. I was out in the outfield and I was a little bored because no one had hit a ball out to me in a while. So I I just remember I was was kind of like looking around and I just remember like because of that, I was very attuned to what was going on around me. And I remember this like shift of like, oh, like that's not like a fresh air smell. It smells like like formaldehyde or like something unfamiliar, but I knew it wasn't natural. I knew it was like not good. It smelled awful. And then when I looked over and I saw this like whole cloud of like pesticides being sprayed everywhere, I was just like taken aback. And like, it was just such a weird thing to see on like a Saturday morning. So you mentioned that you have always been interested in environmental science or environmental problems. When did that first kind of start? Where there's like, you know, were there family members that inspired you? Yeah. My mom in particular has always been interested in environmental science. I just remember growing up, like at the dinner table, it was just always surrounded about, you know, about this climate crisis and your generation's gonna have to be the ones to fix it. When I talked to my friends and they were like, no, we talk about like TV shows at dinner. It was just like weird to me um, because we were always talking about climate change. Are there other science heroes that influenced you? Yeah, one of the um, people that I was always very inspired by, but I don't even think a lot of people know about her, is um, Wangari Maathai. She was a Kenyan environmental activist who pioneered the Green Belt Movement, which was the movement to have these green stretches of land um, across developed areas in Africa so that uh, animals could still go through their migration patterns. And she was also a big proponent against pesticides and herbicides, and she was the highest ranking uh, female Kenyan government official while she worked there. She's been just somebody I've been so inspired. Just reading her work really touches me, and so she's somebody that I think everybody needs to go look more at and research because she's absolutely incredible. Awesome, awesome response. So going from the moment of just like, okay, you personally experience this while you're out on the field in a park to, you know, becoming an organization that's like very advocacy based. What were your first steps after having that experience? I think my first step was research based. I just wanted to learn more about the issue because I really had no idea how to um, even tackle it. I'd kind of for a while been Uh, building this love and this passion for environmental science. So that same summer, actually just coincidentally, I was doing an internship with the Environmental Protection Agency. And so I was able to like go to that softball game and then that Monday go into work and talk to some of the foremost scientists on pesticides and herbicides in the entire country. I was working in the same office that actually blew open the Flint water crisis. The public health crisis of massive proportions not to use the tap lead in the water supply. So I was working with the scientist, his name is Miguel Del Toro, who found that there was lead in the pipes in Flint, Michigan. And he was the whistleblower who actually went above his superiors to talk to the press. And I was working directly with him. How old were you when you were doing this uh, EPA internship and how did he even get into becoming an intern at the EPA? I was 16. I found this really cool program for Chicago public school students where you could intern at the EPA. However, I'm not a Chicago public school student. I am from the suburbs. But um, it just seemed like the perfect opportunity for me. So I emailed the head of the program and said, I know I'm not a CPS student, um, but I would love to be an intern. And I ended up getting the position. I really love the fact that you just take the initiative. You know, you just like you're interested in the subject. You take the initiative and like even putting yourself out there in the sense of, 
you were outside of the district and still submitted your resume and reached out just to have this opportunity. I think that's like so strong and so valid and so cool. Once you addressed the, you know, the scientists or your mentors within this EPA internship and you told them about this problem that you're facing with pesticides, what was the next step before going full on into the advocacy of your organization? It was really important to me to bring more young people into this organization. The whole like high school culture recently has changed a lot where this is a very almost common thing for you to hear about a kid starting their own thing or their own organization. It's become much more commonplace, which I think is amazing. But in my community, that was not happening. No one ever did anything like this. And so it was important for me to show other people that you can do something like this and then also allow them to carry it forward. That was my second step. And then, um, Um, talking to people, so talking to people in the community to make connections, to form partnerships, talking to the head of groundskeeping at the park district and the school district to kind of gauge the issue, gauge where they're at. The first thing that we started was a sample plot. That was a physical thing that I could say, look, this is what we did. And it took a very, very long time to pull this off. Probably around six or seven meetings were just spent on us arguing about whether this was an issue or not, like whether pesticides were or were not harmful. And so I would bring in like informational things, I would debate with them, I would talk with them, and it took a lot of little, little, little steps of me proving to them, oh, girl, a 16-year-old girl does have a ton of knowledge on this and she knows what she's talking about. By the end of our talks, they were gonna pay for the sample plot. So they actually paid for the sample plot. So that was a huge win for me. When do you have time to sleep, MC? (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is like, I think you're just building a legacy at such a young age. And I think it's like so inspiring and so motivating to hear. And I guess you gave us very clear aims that you wanted to do. I was always the kid who did everything. Like in fifth grade, I signed up for like every single club my school had to offer. I had to quit some because that obviously doesn't work for a schedule. But um, I was always like that. Starting off with the pushback that you received when you were talking to like the groundskeeper, do you think that pushback was just mostly because you were just a high schooler in their eyes or the signs that you were presenting to them? They were just kind of like hesitant about it. I think it was definitely a combination of the two. I think, again, seeing this, like, 16-year-old girl come in and be like, you need to change this, you know, I think their initial response was kind of a, oh, she doesn't understand, it's expensive. I know that, like, around 20 years ago, there was a really big, kind of powerful group of moms in the community that uh, really pushed extremely hard for pesticides to not be used in the elementary school park grounds, and they were not successful. And they weren't even successful at getting, like, a sample plot. I actually think almost being a young person might have helped me because I was able to come from a different angle and come from a much more maybe vulnerable angle. And so I think coming in as like maybe a little bit more of an unthreatening person might have helped. Yeah, nothing scarier than like a mad mom. That's a good point to bring up. Although there's disadvantages, that it was a leverage for you. Okay, so you're organizing a business, you're managing you know, other high schools, other peers, and also doing like legislative work. So do you have any advice for other young people who might want to pursue something similar, whether that be the nonprofits or even just legislation or even leadership? You know, what advice would you want to share? If you want to go into a rather um, off the road kind of path, like something that not a lot of other people are doing, it's important that you, you do look at people who are doing what you want to do and you kind of model your work after that. Treat it as if 
you are like in school, but you have to do it yourself. Like you're teaching yourself. If you are constantly learning from other people, then they're gonna notice that and they're gonna want you to learn more and they're gonna wanna help you. If you can change one thing about the world, what would it be? I think I would change almost human nature. This sounds like weird, but if we could all just be a little bit more open-minded to other ideas, I think like 99.9% of our problems would be solved. Being able and willing to talk and also listen like can go a long way for making some change. I just like, I can just cry because I feel like you're just so powerful. I just commend you for like all the cool things that you're going to do. Ooh, just give me a second. (laughs) But yeah, wow, I'm just like really inspired by you. You did so much and accomplished so much as a high schooler. Like, where are you now? (laughs) Yeah, I'm in my second semester um, here at Harvard, which is incredible. Just like has been such a mind-blowing experience. It's interesting to speak about this, like now with a lot of perspective, because I haven't done a lot of work with Speak of Prenup since I left. I've basically been handing it down. And like, it's almost like makes me a little bit sad because I feel like I have lost a little bit of that hustle. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. <laughs> like you are going to be capable and you're still very like in the early, early stages of just kind of like that transition. Yeah. You've accomplished so much and you're going to accomplish a lot more. And I'm just really excited that I got to talk to you in this in this conversation with you. It's a pleasure talking with MC and um, I'm really going to look forward to the things that you're going to, you're going to do in the future. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is such a great experience. Thank you so much for listening this week's episode of Genius Generation. Make sure to tune in next week to hear our next guests and all the incredible things that they're up to. We'll see you next time. Funding for the Genius Generation comes from the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, investing in our common future. Support for tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.